Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered, episode 368. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined by my very favorite co-hosts, Matt Smith and Trey Wilson. Good evening. Peace. So it's been a while. It's been a minute since we've been on together. Um, Holidays for most of us. Uh, Matt decided to work when everybody else was floating down the river with uh, a beer in their hand. So, sucker. I was also working, by the way, just so you know. Matt, you weren't the only one. Yeah, the, the gym doesn't count. That's more That's more uh, fun. I went into the office a couple hours. Monday, Tuesday, Total. Wednesday, and Thursday. Total. It's working from home. So we're, uh, we're going to start ramping up again here now with uh, multiple shows in a week. Um, might... Might be two shows this week, might be one show next week, but we're starting to get back into the regular rhythm. Um, So today, what we're going to talk about is the big three-way trade and everything that has to do around that. Uh, We'll have another show later this week with some very special guests who will announce tomorrow as we record. It's uh, Tuesday, the 8th of August, and tomorrow we'll put that out on social media so you can see who's coming and um and why i guess they lost a bet and they have to come to the show that's my guess is that right Treg? they lose a bet uh pretty much yeah they uh, yeah yeah they were kind of all right oh, so really? <laughs> oh, all man. right fine man. give me stop kidnapping my teddy bear i'll come on All right, so for this episode, in episode 368, we're going to talk about the three-way trade. So the Canadians, Penguins, and Sharks engaged in a menage à trois trade. Um, Everybody finished with a happy ending. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a happy ending for all. So the uh, Penguins get Eric Carlson with 13% retained by San Jose at 10 million bucks on their cap hit for four years. Uh, they get Dylan Hamalka, uh, I don't know, it's an AHL player. Uh, they get a third-round pick from the Sharks, Rem Pitlick from Montreal, and somehow, despite picking up the $10 million player who was the best player in this entire trade, they save $3.137 million on the cap. So Pittsburgh definitely wins the trade from their end. Best player plus cap space? Come on. I, I disagree. I disagree that Pittsburgh won this trade. And I'll for them, they why. won because they got exactly what they were looking for, plus cap space. Um, okay. The Sharks end up with uh, Mike Hoffman, Mikhail Granlund, Jan Ruda, and a first-round top 10 protected pick for 2024 from the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'd say that's the only thing that would be a win for them. I think San Jose was the huge losers in this uh, 
Well, I mean, they I did want to get rid of the much. They did want to get rid of the ten million, but if you look at the money yeah. that came back, like uh, nine and a half, uh, eleven point well, seven five came. They back. went up another two point two five. Yeah, they added two point two five million. So, <laughs> mind you, Ruda, uh, Ruda, and Huffman are gone at the end of the season. So, uh, no, Ruda's got two years. You know, no, Grenland's got two years. Anyway, sure. uh, okay. and the Canadians end up with uh, Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, Nathan Legere, who's going to be an AHL player, and a 2025 second-round pick from Pittsburgh, all for picking up about $890,000 on the cap. So um, we can take a look at – I mean, we can talk about how Pittsburgh was not the winner in this deal, according to Treg, if you want to bring that one up. More than happy to go into that. Yeah, you're right. Blaine is correct. I was wrong. Tell my wife I was right about something, would you? Yeah. Um, I, I well, here's why I think Pittsburgh didn't really win this deal is yes, they got Eric Carlson, which was yeah. the best Norris yeah. Trophy winner, the best player in the deal. And yes, they they do have three million over. However, this is a team that was one point from the playoffs, right? Yeah. With a healthy Crosby and a healthy Malkin. They both played 82 games. Uh, Latang came back. He missed 20 games or just 18 games or something like that because of his uh, blood clot. Was it a stroke or blood clot or whatever? Or heart stroke. Yeah. So because of that, um, so he's back. So basically what they did is they added to their offense. They didn't really help their defense because let's admit Carlson's not really a great defensive player. Um, and they have suspect goaltending. Jerry and whatever his name is, who hasn't been played well since he was in Carolina, Nadelkovich. Um, I yes, they're going to make. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but this is a team who needs to win a Stanley Cup within the next two years, because that's when Malkin and Crosby are done, and uh, this doesn't do it. This does not make them a cup contender. This does not make them a – I look at their roster and go, man, these guys are going to win the cup. Well, I do think they're a better team now than they were last year. The they best. are. They are, but so is a lot of other teams in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. Right? But so, this is one of those cases where the uh, president who hired the GM himself <clears throat> decided that they had to – at least try to put a team in there that could, you know, look good trying to win. Cause you don't do that. You don't leave Crosby and Malkin and Latang out to dry. He missed no, having I... a, he missed having a core four. <laughs> they, made, they made a trade. Only this core four, he never negotiated any of the contracts. There None. Zero. And there's and there and there and there's so much and there's so much better, so much than better. The, ones, the ones that I, he did. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it perspective, they got what they wanted. Then yes, they won because they want he wanted Carlson in Toronto. But listen, he got what he wanted. Uh, if you look at the prospect that hey, we are not busting this up. We're not rebuilding. We're going after one more thing. I mean, I'm sure he has more moves to make. This is the sure you can look at it like yes. I'm not saying they're huge losers in it. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, in my mind, for what they seem to be wanting to accomplish, which is win a cup, 
I don't think it puts them there. I don't think it moves the needle that far. I think it pushes they, they them. I, I think it, it pushes them into a playoff spot. Yes, I would say right. it pushes them into yeah. a playoff spot. And, and, and that's depending on, on if everyone says stays healthy. Yeah, and, that's, and, and Crosby and Latang all have have injury issues. And that's adding on to the moves that they've already made, bringing in guys like Riley Lars Smith Allen. and Eller and Achari, yeah. Ryan Graves, uh, those kind of guys, guys that yeah. are kind of, I don't know, kind of like, kind of like safe. They're like they're 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 safe players to pick up. Right. Yeah. And you got to keep in mind too, Pittsburgh, if you look at their roster, you can count on one hand the number of players under the age of 30. Right. Well, that's another thing. They're an old team with not like, a lot of prospects. No. <laughs> so, in my opinion, and if I was the GM of Pittsburgh, I would go to Crosby and Melk and say, hey, you know, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Unless we pick up three or four players that are really going to turn this team around, I don't know how much better we're going to be. You know what I mean? And uh, then go from there. Because, I mean, as of right now, you could get a boatload for Crosby and Malkin in a trade. Yeah. And that's – I agree. And that's, and that's 100%. saying something with a 37- and 36-year-old player. Yeah. Who are still point-per-game players. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. They're still point-per-game, but – in two years, they're 39 and 40, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And are, you know, what kind of contract are they going to get after that? Are they going to want a contract? Are they going to retire? Right. So if they retire, they get nothing. In two years, they have absolutely nothing for two of the biggest players in the NHL. Right. I have a conspiracy theory on this. This looks like the GM saying, Hey, I did everything I could to help you guys win a cup. You didn't do it. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, and then he says, "Hey, could you guys maybe waive your no move clauses so we can do a full rebuild? I'll give you a chance somewhere else. I'll eat half your cap, whatever, just so we can get a return." It's possible, but I would have done that this year, personally. <laughs> but I mean, I think the whole reason the f- they fired the last guy is they wanted somebody to try and win this year. I think Hextall knew they weren't going to win. Knew they didn't have the team yeah. to win. And he just said, all right, I'll do what I can, but I'm not going to – because he didn't want to give up assets. He didn't want to give up his draft picks because he knew what was coming down, which is smart. I mean, he didn't really pick up – I see why he got run out of Pittsburgh. I do. I get it. But I don't know. Pittsburgh's at – they're at a crossroads, and I think they went the wrong way, personally. They're on their last leg. They're yeah. literally on their last legs with this. So you give it a shot. You make the playoffs. You might win a round. That's about it. So saying what going with what you said, Blaine. If they don't make the play, if they make the play, if they don't win the cup this year, is that the way they go next year? Because both Malkin and Crosby in their last year of their contracts. No, Malkin's got three yeah. years. Malkin's oh, got three. three years? Malkin's got three, and Crosby's oh. got two. Okay, because I know Latang got like five years left or something like that. Yeah, uh, he's got five left. Yeah. Carlson's got four. Okay. All right. Well, still so I can see them go two years on this. Yeah. Okay. I would say, I would say at the end of this year, like they don't make it this year. And then you've got Crosby yeah. in his final season, which is next year. That's yeah. the, that's the conversation that'll have to be made, yeah. especially mm-hmm. maybe if the, the season doesn't start off too well for them or if there's injuries or anything like that. I just, I don't see Sidney Crosby wearing another uniform. Montreal's right 
Well, Montreal I, will have I, the money for him. Right. They I just, will. Yep. I don't see him. I don't see him leaving. I mean, if but if you think about it, you yeah. have if Ganny Malkin for six point one million for the next three years. Yeah. One of the best players in the league, making less than William Nylander. Uh Crosby at eight point seven, making half of what uh Butt Boy is gonna make there, Matthews. And I say butt boy because he showed his ass, not because of anything <laughs> else. <laughs> You mean the porn stash guy? Yeah, Ron Jeremy lookalike. The Ron Jeremy wannabe. Fucking butt boy. <laughs> Is that with an I or a Y? <laughs> I meant that in a non-gay way. Or however you say it, politically correctly say that nowadays. Um, I was thinking of when he bared his ass to that woman, and that's all I could come up with. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Anyway. Mr. Bikini um, bottom. That's right. Um, so I mean you got two of the best players in the league for under $10 million. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's not gonna be hard to move those guys and get ridiculously good assets for them. I don't know how to and get rid of that hand gesture. There it goes. <laughs> how do you follow I, that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hell. Listen, it's my mission to get us canceled. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other than Pittsburgh, there were other teams involved. <laughs> yes. Anyway, now that we're gone with Pittsburgh, let's, let's just all agree San Jose totally lost this. <laughs> let's, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. They were definitely, they were definitely on the bottom for sure. More than likely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you give up the best player in the whole deal <clears throat> and you take on cap and all you get in return is, some floatsome and a top 10 protected pick. This and, just points to the fact they wanted to get rid of him. And that pick, okay, so say Pittsburgh does go to the cup. Now you're picking 31 or 32. Yeah. Or you're at least picking 17 or higher if they make playoffs. So I mean, you could you could flip Hoffman at the deadline if he's having yeah. a halfway decent year. You Same could Grant. flip Granlin. You could flip Ruta, but what are you going to get for these guys? Not a heck of a lot. Maybe at the best, a second round pick out of one of them. Not for the salaries of Huffman and Grenlin. Ruta, maybe because he's only cap. he's only two point seven, but yeah, yeah, they, they could retain fifty percent of each, I guess. This this just screams the Sharks needed to get out from under the Carlson contract. It does, but for the time being, it puts them in a worse cap situation, which doesn't make any well, sense. For now, I don't think they care too much about that part. Yeah, short, uh, term, they, short term, they're, it they're does. Rebuilding. Short term, it does. Yeah, yeah short term, it does. But and I don't think uh, I don't think Mike Greer really gives a shit about that part. He'll get under the cap, and the team will be bad. He's just going to be hoping for some individual success for some of these guys, so he can flip them for picks. Yeah, yeah they're okay. in a rebuild, but. What picks are you going to get? I mean, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight UFAs next year, so yep. they'll be well. They'll be well under the cap next year, but yeah, they're going to be selling like mad. Yeah. I mean, they got what? They got uh, four top sixty picks in the next two drafts. They need to add uh, to that. Yeah, they got seven in the first three rounds of the next two drafts. They, they need to add to that. They need more. 
Now, obviously, uh, everybody's pretty much in agreement on that part. That yeah, the Sharks kind of mm, at, at least they got out from under Carlson's contract, which but is what they wanted Hoffman to do it. Yeah. So, eh, so again, like Pittsburgh, if you look at it in terms of they did what they wanted, I guess in their eyes yeah. they can say they won or they broke even or yeah. whatever. But those are the two main players in this trade that, you know, they were the ones that were trying to broker a deal. And then in swoops, the Lex Luthor of the NHL. Can't use. I think this was a He's genius. Bald. Get it? Yeah. He's fucking bald. We get it. We get yeah. it, Blaine. <laughs> I think he did an excellent job on this. He he was able to get out from underneath Hoffman's deal without having to eat any of that cap. Or lose uh, He got a, he, yeah, he got a second round pick out of the deal. He picked up uh, a minor league player who can help Laval this year, who's from the, from the area. Laval needed a little bit of grit. They needed some size. They need a little bit of veteran touch in the AHL. They got that at Legary. Um, they picked up another goaltender, Casey DeSmith, uh, whose numbers in Pittsburgh were pretty good over his time there, had a great world championships, so they could possibly flip him or they can generate some kind of a competition. And then they got Jeff Petrie back somehow with 25% retained. So, I mean, it it should work. If you look at it for the 2025 season, which we could suspect is the season that Montreal is going to go, okay, time to put this into gear and yeah, start going for it. They're going to have it's two first round picks and two second round picks. Um, now with Pittsburgh's because they have Calgary's 2020. Okay, as of right now, they have Calgary's 2025 first round pick. Maybe 2037. We don't know. Or it could be 2026 or 2024 or something. Anyway, um, Casey, Jeff Petrie, I do believe is going to be flipped before the season starts. I don't think he plays in Montreal. We'll get Um, into that a little bit deeper here in a minute. Uh, But in the end, I think, and I just, if you watch the hockey writers, I just wrote an article about that that came out this afternoon. Uh, I think Montreal, the overall winners in this trade, they came in as the third team to help Pittsburgh generate money they're the ones that help pittsburgh get that three million uh because they took four or five over almost six million knock off a million and a half but so five million dollars off pittsburgh's cap to uh to help them get uh get uh, carlson in there and uh they picked up two assets that they can easily flip i mean the smith could be either flipped it gives them the freedom to either trade Monty or Allen if they really want to. Uh, and it gives them protection for Caden Primo uh, in case he gets picked off waivers. It gives them a goalie to have in Laval, uh, like a, 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 you know, a solid goalie to have in Laval uh, if DeSmith uh, doesn't make the team. And like you said, it gives competition. Like now Allen and Monty are kind of like, oh, well, this guy's in here. And DeSmith has an NHL resume. So it's not like he's, you know, uh, he he's a quality backup for any team that that'll want to have him. So before we came on air, Matt and I were discussing uh, De Smith. Now, Matt, you had a couple of really good points on that. Why don't you share them now? So with De Smith, like 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering again, if he's, if he's going to be that guy that they're going to flip or if maybe they saw something at the world championships and they saw, we, we, we know Montembeau played fantastic at the world championships for Canada, but um, DeSmith wasn't a slouch for the Americans either. Um, he's uh, on a very team friendly contract, 1.8 mil. He's got no trade protection, et cetera. And I could think of probably half a dozen teams right now that could use a player like that, um, that could make their um, goaltending situation better. One of them right off the top of my head would be um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Other one would be Chicago, possibly even um, the New Jersey Devils. Like, these are teams that um, I don't think DeSmith would have any issue going to. And um, I, I think that the, they could definitely broker a deal if if, if they wanted to. Um, I do agree that the um, internal competition might definitely be there when it comes to uh, maybe moving on from one of those goaltenders and, and actually keeping DeSmith there, especially with that uh, 1.8 value and knowing that he is a, a veteran backup who, again, like Blaine has mentioned, put up pretty decent numbers in Pittsburgh over that time, playing either with uh, Tristan Jarry or... Um, Matt Murray. Guy, Matt Murray, right? I was going to say the guy that's always broken. Uh, <laughs> then I could do that. All I could think of was butt boy. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Right. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I really think that uh, the, the thing that I don't agree with, though, is, is what, what you said, Treg, unfortunately, is I get the protection for Primo, but I don't think Smith would go to the AHL. He well, you think he get you think he get picked up in waivers? I, I think he would get picked up, but I but don't. But but I don't think he's an eight. Like he's not a guy you send to the AHL. But I'm. I that's not what I meant by protection. Is you have Smith there, so if you have the two goalies set to go to Laval. Right. Most most teams are going to go after to Smith, and it may help Prebo get that's, through. Okay. Through okay. The waivers. Get, that, that's what I meant. That's I what I meant saying. by protection. Yeah. And if they do pick up Primo, well, and he goes through, he goes through. But you're absolutely right. He hasn't played. He played for Wilkes-Barre in 2019. 20 and then right. he's been in pittsburgh ever since played 38 games last year so yeah it's not like and he, he put and, and and i know yes montreal wasn't the best team last year obviously mm. but he still put up better numbers than anybody in montreal just say he's 317 gaa and a 905 save percentage i don't know if that was better than uh monty was it montambo 3.42 with a 901 allen okay 3.55 and 8.91 primo right. 3.46 and 8.52 so yeah i guess it, eh, it was better 901 905 a save or two here or there right not it's not yeah huge numbers but still um i i think i think that he's more i would say in my mind as of right now i think he's the guy that's more likely to move than than petrie i think they're both moving now I, had I, I think so too. I, think I had so mentioned too. an Allen, but I wouldn't be shocked if they can get rid of Allen's contract and have two goalies at two point eight million for next year. That's pretty solid. And then because uh, I don't think the Smith is any better or worse than what Allen would be in that. Really? No, I don't think he would be. I think they're about the same. Uh, Allen, mm-hmm. I think, has a little bit of a leg up just because of his time with the team and the the view yes. they have of him as a leader. But yeah. uh, stats-wise, I agree. I think DeSmith is slightly better. I mean, if they're grooming Monty to be the next starter, 
because uh, I mean, let's all be honest, Allen's not a starter, and I don't think the Smith is a starter, but they're quality backups. No. Uh, and the and it's the question mark still out on Montembo. Is Montembo a starter? Can he be a solid starter, or is he mm. a backup goalie? I mean, I know uh, Matt and I two years ago didn't think he was an AHL caliber goalie, but uh, you know he's changed our minds. He's played well, but have we seen he's his improved. peak? Have we seen his peak though? That's that's what you got to. Yeah, like, we know, peak. He's improved. He's definitely improved. We know what Allen is, and we know what the Smith is. Yep. You know, Allen can play net. He can play two or three games really well, but once he gets into the four or five or six games, now you're you're pushing it. You know what I mean? He can't he can't be a, a, a regular number one. Yes. The Smith and, and injuries have been a concern. Correct. And the Smith's kind of the same way. So the only thing about Allen is his contract. I mean, he's three point eight five for the next two years, and if you can get Smith, and then the team would be more than happy to take him. I think. I think so too, but if you can get to Smith at 1.8 and like we just said, they're both the same. So a team's going to come calling. They're not going to call for the 3.8 goalie. They're going to call for the 1.8 goalie. You know, although Allen does have a Stanley cup ring. He does. And this was, Oh, I guess the Smith wasn't on the team when they won the cup. So, uh, and the Smith's a UFA at the end of the year. So. Yeah. And with, um, on Montembo, I, I know the, the he had this big world championships. Everyone's pointing to the great play that he had during that tournament. And it's a short tournament. It's only like seven games long for him. Um, so, yeah, no, he, he showed some good things in that tournament. But all in all, he wasn't that much better than DeSmith in the same tournament. So, I like you, I, I think he could become a starter perhaps not top of the league starter but someone who can you know reliably start 40 to 45 games in a season and give you a decent number like a 9 10 save percentage nothing nothing all-star wise you know it's kind of like we're in the when Rua left and Tebow showed up I think we're in that level right now with Price gone and it's funny you mentioned that because I was just going to say he, to me, he's a Tebow type player that needs an Andy Moog type backup to, to push him and get him to, because if you notice the year they had Andy Moog, Jocelyn Tebow was a much better goalie than when they had Patrick Wolski. Yeah. Right. So uh, he needs that guy to push him, but he also needs that guy that can play 35 games or, you know, when I mean, almost split the, split yeah. the season with him. So to give uh, him a proper rest between starts. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's been brought up on the internet. Uh, Montembeau has not signed an extension yet. He's a UFA at the end of the year. So what are Montreal's real intentions with Sam Monto? He was a waiver pickup and he was pushed into a starting role due to injuries to Jake Allen. Um, now JD Larang says he doesn't see Jake Allen moving because he thinks Hughes will be, uh, um, uh, committed to him because he signed him to that extension, that two year extension for 3.8. And he, you know, he thinks uh, Hughes is loyal to the people that he signs, which makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. And you brought up the leadership and the fact that Jake Allen's a good guy in the locker room, um, you know, and he really likes being in Montreal. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. My mind is looking at Petrie and DeSmith both being flipped and a, and, a, and a reason I say that is because there's been no presser. Uh, 
Hughes has not contacted any of the players' agents or any of the, the players themselves. There's been no talk between the team and the players. There's been nothing. And to me, that sounds like Hughes is... Working the phones. Working the phones or he's on vacation in Bora Bora. And uh, he won't be back till... No, he's back. Next week. He's back. Next week. Let's make this call. Um, yeah. And another part of that trade was Pitlick going out. Correct. So Pitlick went to P- uh, Pittsburgh. So you have Hoffman gone and Pitlick gone. It's uh, That's not really to save money. I think that was more of uh, paving, opening a door for the young guys like Yalone and uh, yeah. Harvey Pinard, maybe someone like Garoua or, or someone else to be able to compete for those two NHL jobs. Emil Hymanen. I think it's going to compete. Yes, that's a good that's a good name to point to bring up because he he yeah. showed a lot of really good things in the AHL last year in his short time. But he he's also great in Europe. He's, as well. right, he's also waivers exempt. Pitlick likely yeah. would have if he would have stayed, he would have went to Laval. But now, but now this gives Laval a top six option for one of these players to move into. Whether, see, whether it be Heineman, now. whether it be Wild, whether it be Mesher. Right, one of those fellas, yeah. right? So, so when Sean, you Sean Farrell, yeah, when you move Hoffman, you guarantee Yelonen or RHP a spot in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, the problem is, is you need a spot for both of them because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yelonen is not waiver exempt. Uh, he just signed his contract, but RHP is. So is Slavkowski. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the debate I'm having, and I bring this up a lot on social media that. If RHP doesn't make the team, it's only because of his waiver exemption, and they don't yeah. want to lose someone like Yelonen to waivers. Um, whether they would lose Yelonen to waivers is iffy. You know, maybe they take that chance. Uh, but then you have a guy like Hymanen or even Sean Farrell, who could, uh, you know, like if if Hymanen has a great training camp, he's pushing someone out. I, I think anyway. Uh, Look, I mean, how good, we, look how good Owen Beck looked last year. I know it was more like it was more out of necessity why they had to keep him because everybody at center was injured, but he showed up and he he, he did a pretty good game. He, yeah, people people were asking like, who is this guy? And he's a he's a case too because it's either there or the OHL. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. and more likely uh, he's going to the OHL. More they, they've got right. so many positions in the professional levels to yeah. be filled. I they can see him. To... I can see him doing kind of what, what Suzuki, like Suzuki. Yes. The, like the year that he ended up going back, he was like, "I'm just going to dominate everybody," and he did. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then he came to then he came to Montreal, and you know, fast forward a few years, and he's the captain of the team. So. I uh, I truly believe guys like uh, Farrell and Massar and Kidney and Waugh, they want to stay, keep them in the AHL for as long as they can. Yep. Personally, that's what I think. Yep. Um, so they're really going to have to, like, they would really have to blow the doors off everybody during training camp and uh, in the preseason. Yep. Um, now, to me, Heineman's the guy I think that's going to cause some issues with uh, who to pick. Because I'm telling you, if he, R- I mean, RHP played well enough, he should earn a spot. I don't see them putting Slavkowski in the AHL. I really don't. Um, oh. they, whether you think he should go there or not, I don't see them doing it. Um, Yelonen, I think, deserves a spot in Montreal. He, he, he. There's nothing more for him to do in the AHL. Um, RHP. 
I'll be interested to see how RHP does because I don't see him in the top six. Um, Whether he goes down because of his waivers exemption or not, he has shown that he belongs in the NHL. Correct. Correct. And, and he's I gonna give he's going to give you more day in and day out than Hoffman was. Yes. Exactly. Right. But and again, the only reason I think he goes to Laval is because that waiver exempt and the fact that they don't want to put Slavkowski in Laval. Because Slavkowski's waiver exempt as well. I mean, that would be the only reason I think they put RHP down there. Uh, or they throw Yelone and hope and he doesn't get picked up. One or the other. One I mean, if I had a choice, I think, I think that's it would less be, likely. Yeah. If I had a choice, I think it'd be RHP, but I, I'm thinking him, I'm but. thinking if uh Slavkovsky went down, it would be like it would be like a PR nightmare for the team. Right. Yeah. I, I think it would. I really the, do. The, with, the with fan the base amount, is split. With, but the with the amount that split. they've highlighted his training and and him getting better and him, you know, getting finishing school and all this other stuff and coming to Montreal and Mesher's supposed to be living with them and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think if they sent him down, it would just it would be, it would, it wouldn't look good on the team. It wouldn't look good on him. I even though, even, do. even though, even though it might be the, the, the best place for yeah. him. I think they should do the best thing for him. I personally believe, and I'll, I'll, die on this hill i personally believe they were working on other things besides his offensive game when he was in montreal um they were and i think that's why you didn't see as much of his offensive game and i think this is the year that they just say okay we we you know now you got to play your game keep your head up and play your game and uh we'll see what happens i guess no i'm okay with them going either way to be honest with you yeah of course uh, I think we're all in agreement on yeah. that one. That it all makes sense. That that all makes perfect sense. Yeah. And to to wrap up the whole Pitlick side of it, um, he made a trade demand. He wanted a chance to make an NHL impact, something that he was definitely not going to get in Montreal. We just talked about it a little bit uh, before going on to talk about the prospects, and that's the reason why he wasn't going to get an honest chance, even if he went to Laval and worked his tail off. The call-up was unlikely because of that. So asking to go somewhere else to get a shot, Pittsburgh's a good place for him. Uh, he can be a fourth-line center. He can play uh, wing. He he brings some speed, and there's really nobody pushing him from behind in Pittsburgh because they've got no real uh, prospect base. So it makes Beth sense. from Happy Hour would love to push Rem Pedlick from behind. She loves that guy, so... Oh, Beth, we love you. She, we love she you. Was, she was very upset that he that he was moved. She was, she was yeah. But uh, on to the main portion of this whole deal, and that's Jeff Petrie. I, and Matt, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned how nice thumbs up. Yeah. You mentioned how <laughs> they're looking at flipping them. So, yeah. What do you say about Petrie? What's your What's your view on that? So again, another guy that could easily be moved out. And uh, the fact that uh, the Montreal Canadiens were able to bring Petrie back um, with retained salary. So now instead of that 6.25 cap hit, he's just over, he's like 4.68 or something like that. Right. Um, But you look at, you look at if they wanted to flip him at 50%, well, then you're looking at, you know, just under 2.4. Right. If you take a, a guy that is a top four defenseman on most teams, at 2.4 mil for two more years, 
that can give you 22 minutes a night, 23 minutes a night, got some size, play with some size, can block some shots, can contribute to a power play, et cetera. I think uh, a lot of teams would be lining up to get a player like that. However, Ken Hughes doesn't make trades just to make trades. And I think we've, I think we've noticed that with him already. This is 100% asset management to him. And he's got a price set for this player. And it's not going to be, I'm giving Jeff Petrie away for, you know, future considerations or draft pick or whatever it's going to be. He's got a, he's got a price and he's going to get that price or Jeff Petrie is going to be playing for the Montreal Canadiens. It's kind of easy as that. And if he can't find that move with the teams that um, Petrie would like to go to, because he's got a 15, uh, a 15 team, uh, no trade or modified, no trade. So 15, uh, 15, no trade. He's going to have to maybe wave that to go somewhere else. Um, Does Jeff Petrie make the Canadians blue line better? Yes, he does. Does he start the season in Montreal? Who knows? I would put it less than 50%. It's going to, it's going to get interesting over the next, uh, you know, the next few weeks and and see what comes of this because they've got him at a good value right now. They can trade him again, as I said, as a, a even better value to a team, especially to a contender or someone trying to get into contending status and uh, they might be able to uh, really do something with this, uh, just like the DeSmith. Well, how many how many uh, thirty point defensemen at his size and his ability, his skating ability, are available at that price range? Someone yeah. who's got uh, a positive uh, expected goals for a positive Corsi, positive Fenwick, positive uh, high danger chances for. Yeah. He, he's in the positive range and he can play power play. He yep. can play five on five. He's good in the transition. Yep. Yeah. There's some, there's some warts on the defensive side. Like, he can play physical a little bit. He had an like, off season. There's not a lot of guys year, there. Right. He had an off season yeah. last year. He played. With, he was taking over for Latang. Yes. Played through some injuries, et cetera, but he only played, he played 61 games, still put up 31 points. Um, 100, 111 blocks, 190 hits. Like, they're they're pretty decent numbers, to be honest. And he plays first line minutes, right? He had thirty one points and six. He's more of a forty point defenseman because he played thirty one points in sixty one games. Yeah, so he's on closer. To, yeah, on pace for. I mean, the year before in Montreal, twenty seven and sixty eight. But if you look at the numbers, if you split Ducharme and Martin St. Louis, two totally different players. He did not like playing for Dom Ducharme whatsoever. Um. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate and say he stays. I don't think he does, but let's say he stays. COVID regulations are not in Montreal anymore. So yeah. that's not going to be, that was the main issue and the main reason. Right. He never officially went to Ken Hughes and asked for a trade. Ken Hughes was very adamant about that. He said he would be probably happier somewhere else, but he never demanded a trade from Ken Hughes. Right. Uh, third of all, Jeff Petrie's not a bad defenseman. No. He's not great in defense, but he's not terrible. Uh, he provides some offense. Um, you know, uh, when he was 
when he's not the number one guy, he's a better defenseman. He let's doesn't need to be, and he won't need to be. And, and he won't need to be because I, I personally, I think, if you really look at it, uh, Matheson will be the number one guy. Yes. Um, He'd be on the I number one on the right side, though. Uh, I don't think you're going to put Matheson and Petrie together. You're pretty much putting two Petries on the same line. So I think you split them up. I think you have like a Petrie with a Gooley and a Matheson with a Savard. If they sure. stay, that, that that's what I think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they they do put them together. I don't. So know. assuming he stays and assuming he plays to this level as a 40 point defenseman, um, do the Canadians hold on to him right up until the trade deadline? And do you think that they hold 50 percent of that cap because now you have a 4.6 defenseman turning into a 2.8 top four defenseman? What's that worth? <laughs> I don't know if you Hughes doesn't like to retain money, so no. Let, let, but but I mean, there's also the extra year as well. There's the extra yeah, year. There's two so, seasons. I mean, like, like with Edmondson, he only had one season. I think. I yeah. think Edmondson yeah. was gone next just year. Just this year. Yeah. Just this year. Yeah. So I mean, he doesn't mind re- retaining salary that he knows is going to be off the books at the end of the year. Um, I think it's but, gonna. De- I think it's gonna depend. If he does play for the team, it's gonna be where the team's at, where the players at, yeah. and if the phone starts ringing for his services. You know what? He got Huffman and never gave up anything or retained any money. So who knows? Maybe he does the same thing with Jeff Petrie. Um, yeah, but 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 I going back, he, I think go, he does. Going back to your, I point think though, I do too. I think he retains money, but right. But going back to your point, Blaine, like it's it's a guy that uh, he played. Uh, he played, 500, he played 508 games in Montreal. He knows the city. His, uh, his wife and his kids love the city. They've said nothing well, but good things about it, right? Until COVID other, hit. Other than, the, <laughs> other than the COVID part, right? But you know what? That was rough on a lot of players. It was a rough on a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm not going to say COVID is not a thing anymore because there's a new variant out there apparently. But it's the restrictions aren't there. It might make... If he does stay, it might make it again back to that comfort level that he had prior to where he had his better seasons in the league and he didn't have this weighing on him. Yeah, I can see that. But another thing may be that his wife and his four kids aren't in Montreal with him at the same time. And I think that was the bigger issue for him when, uh, when his wife took the kids back to Michigan because of the regulations. That's when he took a massive dip. So, right. I mean, it makes sense. We've all been away from her families. You do better with your family around. So yeah. if she doesn't go with him and he does play in Montreal, he may not play as well, which is another reason why I think Hughes is really pushing hard to get him out before training camp. Yes. Eric Engels is almost convinced that he's going to be gone before the season starts. Well, if uh, Eric said, then yes. yeah. It's, well, it's, I mean, he, 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 he pretty much said he doesn't know if it's going to be sooner but he truly believes he'll be gone before the start of the season right it's a smart it's um, a smart move it would be the smartest move i think for the player and for the team it's just what do you bring back because well what what, what are you gonna what are you gonna say like get like not even not even talk about his um relationship with montreal and the fact that he already played there and the fact that we already know he's played there what do you give up for a cost-friendly top four defenseman well, that's just it. And what, and what do you get, get back, right? He could possibly get a first-round pick for a top-four defenseman at 2.3-something million, just under 
especially for two years. For two years. 100% he'd get a first. He would 100% get a first. Yeah. At because least that, a first. Because that means he's holding on to almost two, over $2 million for the next two years as well. And yeah. Ken Hughes is saying, yeah. listen, if I got to hold this money, ne- next year is our bread and butter year. We have over $15 million in cap space. That's right. taking $2 million off my 15. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's going to say, if you want him, like, let's look at a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who I think he'd fit in great with. Um, yeah. He's saying, all right, you give us your first. You're going to make the playoffs anyway, so it's going to be in the in the 20s. You're going to do well in the West. You know what I mean? Right. Give us your first, and you can have Peter. He's more. He's going to want to go to the States. They're more likely he's going sure. to ask to go to the I'm, States if he goes I'm just throwing a, so, yeah. I'm just throwing a team out there, but I mean – yeah, or maybe he wants maybe Detroit, Chicago. Brooke actually brought Chicago up. Now I don't know if Chicago is going to yeah. give up a first round pick for him because Chicago's in a rebuild mode. But well, he's also going uh, back to his old. Defense. He's also going be... back to his old defensive coach. Correct. Right. It, it doesn't also have to be a, a first in this coming draft either. It could be a first. No, it doesn't. A year no, from now, like he, they've got the least yeah. first round pick in twenty twenty five. Yep. They can give that up, right? Yep. They got the the Lightning's first round pick this year, or they can give a couple of seconds. They've got one, two, three, six. They've got eight second round picks over the next three drafts. They can give up a couple of those. Like there, there's ways around this. But uh, uh, Matt hit the nail on the head. Uh, if he's traded or him and DeSmith are traded, Hughes is going to get exactly what he wants for them, or at least close oh, to. Yeah, him. no, he always does. He always does. And if he doesn't, well. Guess what? You have two an extra defenseman, and you know Kovacevic and Chris Weidman just become uh, expendable. Especially Weidman, I th- I can see yeah. Weidman being shopped around for futures. I think I think Weidman's a waiver put on waivers to be thrown in Laval by the time this if he's not moved before the season starts. And if that's the case, I think that he would just push for mutual termination of the contract. Then go play. Or he offers him up for show. futures. Yeah, offer him up for Whatever. futures to anybody. Whatever. If they take him, great. If not, then yeah. I mean, but he's literally. But, but again, if he, but if he doesn't get picked up on waivers, then right. Yeah, it's one I of mean, those things. I right? mean, let's get real. Weidman's making less than Slavkowski, so uh... it's not that it's not going to hurt. No, Even if they kept hurt. him on the roster and just sat him in the press box all year long, it doesn't hurt a thing. No, he's gone next year at the end of the season anyway, so. Yeah, he's not really in anyone's way. He's not blocking the path for anyone. He just sits in the press box. Someone gets hurt, throw him in. If he plays until bad, the guy, plays bad. Someone gets hurt, throw him in until the guy from Laval gets called up and then put him back in the press <laughs> box. Yeah, yeah. But uh, pretty much. Yeah, but uh, I, I so um, I yeah. say it's eighty percent that Petrie's gone before the season starts. Uh, and I would put it at 90% that Petrie's gone by the trade deadline. If not before, uh, I don't think he plays a full oh, season no. in Montreal. 100% he's gone by the deadline. I'd say 80% by, you know, yeah. training camp. Yeah. Matt, can you help us with percentages? We don't, we don't have our slide <laughs> rulers. Um, For who? For, 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 Petrie. Or for Petrie. Petrie, Petrie, I'd say, uh, Say 60, 60 stay, 40 go before the start of the year. Ooh. I say it's 50 50. I'd say it's 50 50 for the Smith. I think he's more of a because I mean, 
Come next year, all they have for goaltending is Jake Allen. That's it. If they don't sign, re-sign someone or extend someone. I think it's going to be an interesting couple leagues. I really, I really do. And uh, maybe, maybe negotiations with Montembeau, if they're in negotiations, he's, a, he's at a $1 million cap at this year. He's a UFA at the end of the season. Maybe based on the performance that he had at the world championships and the fact that they pushed him more or less as a more a one, a one B, but more towards the starting role. Maybe he sees himself as a starter. Maybe he's looking for more money. Maybe he's looking for more term. Who knows? Uh, maybe Smith, DeSmith was brought in and might be a little bit extra, um, I don't know, a little bit of a kick in the ass to say, you know, we've got another guy that's uh, that we have on our team now. Yeah. That's right. So. Like, I, I wouldn't be assured that Montebo and his next contract is looking for more than a million dollars. Um, based on his last two seasons, especially last season, right? Um, but but really, even based on last season, how much more is he going to get? Like, he shouldn't make that much more. He shouldn't two point two, maybe two point two, maybe maybe two or three years. Again, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting few weeks, and like it's it's gonna give us more to talk about, and um, the fact that um. Uh, you know, going back to some of the other stuff we talked about, if this has opened the door for other forwards to come in and to make an impact. And that's at the end of the day, they've stocked the cupboards very well with prospects. Now it's time for them to step up when the moment comes. And uh, you go into the, you go into next season, even more guys are like, you got more guys coming off the books. So. Well, 2025 is the big 25, 26 is when. Right, like, that's, the, that's the big, um, that's the yeah. big one. That's the big one. Yeah, Evans, Armia, Dvorsky, Pozzetta, Savard, and Petrie, if they're still there, Kovacevic, Allen, like they're all coming off the books. Right. So that's I, that's why I think that's the year where they're like, okay, let's start hitting the free agency. Let's start getting the 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 big players. Right. Fill this team up. Fill the holes with good players and. uh you know, determine who in their minor leagues is going to fill those holes and then what they have left over. Right. Surround surround them with solid veterans and away you go. Right. Let's go for a cup. All right. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything about that trade. Uh, we're going to have another episode uh, this week. So before we go, some final thoughts. Uh, Matt, you first. Um. I'm selling tickets to Metallica this weekend. So the, um, for the 11th and the 13th, it's a two day pass. If anyone's interested, throw me a DM on Twitter. Um, if that doesn't happen, I don't sell them. I'm not just going to not go to the show. I'm still going to go. It's just, I might be going by myself for day one. So if, uh, if you're in Montreal, throw me a message and, uh, maybe we can, uh, grab a drink or something. I'll see you in Montreal. <laughs> Done. Craig, <laughs> what about you? Just a minute. I lost my mic. I don't even know what mic I'm on right now. No, we, we can, can hear, hear you. We can hear you. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, my Yeti unplugged. Uh, I got really got nothing. Uh, seven and a half weeks out from my show here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's the Spats Theater. So you're in Halifax and you want to see some bodybuilding in your local area. Um, Saturday, the 30th is uh, when it's going to happen. So. 
That's all it. Right. That's, all, that's all I have. No, actually, I can give you my dad joke of the day. What would the Terminator be called in his retirement? The Exterminator. The Exterminator. Okay, so you just did one, so now I get to do one. <laughs> so um, why don't you feed chips to ducks? Because it ruffles their feathers. Uh... Blaine, there's a lot of rain coming the next couple of days. So if you need arc, I know a guy. Blaine's like, please just stop. <laughs> yeah, just he's, finish. He's gonna come to he's, he's, he's gonna come to your house specifically to get rid of that calendar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am. I, I mean, I just I just spent all this time replacing drywall that I uh, so I had to replace drywall for the smoke damage from the fires. That same drywall had to be repaired because of the the water ingress into the house. And doing that twice is still less painful to listening to these dad jokes. <laughs> That's my final thought. Yeah, That is just rude. But you know what really makes my day? The rotation of the earth. Okie doke. Um, all right. So on that note, uh, I want to thank everybody who actually suffered through that and stayed with us until now. Um, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We know that there's a lot of podcasts out there that uh, in, in this community that everybody loves and enjoys like happy hour locked on Canadians. We just like to be part of that community. We thank you for adding us to your listening list. Uh, keep sending us these emails and the comments and interacting with us on social media. We really do appreciate it. And uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.